Hello, hello. This is Elisan of the LOLE podcast. I've been away for a month, but now I'm back. And today, instead of doing diversity, I want to cover a new topic wealth privilege. So, without further ado, let's get started. Dungeons and Dragons, or D&D, the game that basically created the term nerd, is a role-playing game where you create your own characters to battle epic monsters. When you start, you can roll the dice to know your game stats. For example, you need to know how much gold you start with. You roll, and you roll a... One. That means you start hecka poor. There are no items that you can buy, and you can't afford clothes. So now, you're naked, fighting giant trolls with just your bare hands. It's a rough way to start the game. Like D&D in real life, we can't control the advantages and disadvantages in how we begin life. All of us are born with predetermined gamer stats, health, race, gender, and wealth. However, the problem stems from our misunderstanding of income inequality and how it makes us uncomfortable. And that's the problem. Wealth privilege is hard to acknowledge, especially in how it harms the youth. Capan of 2019 says, Wealth is the elephant in the room. Teachers are talking more about gender and race issues, but wealth and privilege are often taboo. Despite the inequality gap in America growing at an exponential rate, we continue to perpetuate lies like, you just gotta work harder. But working harder is not helping the working and middle class find the advantages that they need to live without worry. So in order to defeat the final boss, we must roll to learn about the causes. Next, we'll explore new lands to the disastrous effects. Lastly, we'll replan our game strategies to find some advantages we can all live with. We have to face the misunderstandings about wealth privilege head on so that more children can experience advantage, too. Okay, it's time to realize that trying to survive with only one token of gold is nowhere near enough gold to buy food or fight the goblins. It's harder when you're naked, too. Here are the two causes of why we don't understand the harm of wealth privilege. First, our avoidance of the truth. And second, we tell the youth everything can be solved with a college degree. First, we chose to ignore that the youth need to learn about wealth privilege. According to a survey conducted by the Price Firm, parents find it easier to talk to their kids about smoking, drugs, and bullying than to talk about money. 77% said that they're dishonest with their kids about money-related items. 
However, this is not revealing the reality of Santa Claus. Because the HuffPost in 2021 argues that having conversations with children about money and privilege is really important, no matter where the family falls on the financial spectrum. Most parents don't want to burden their child's happiness with money stress, and I get that. However, the gap of knowledge about wealth privilege is growing wider than the wealth gap itself. How are kids, rich or poor, meant to empathize with one another if they have little understanding of their situation or those less fortunate? Secondly, society keeps the less fortunate from moving upward by refusing to educate our kids properly about debts and finances and instead focus them exclusively on getting a great education. Yet, we conveniently take out all the parts about pre-existing wealth privilege that supports a lot of kids so that they can get that great education. According to the American Institutes for Economic Research, college grads aged 25 to 32 earn $17,000 more each year than those who didn't go to college. But that's only if you can afford tuition, qualify for loans, pay for food and rent, and afford not to work. On top of that, the student loan that accrued can keep you in debt for decades when you don't have a pre-existing wealth. I'm not exaggerating. The college debt that the millennials accrued left them pretty screwed. No one fully explains the consequences of living with a lifetime of debts, or how paying off that debt is virtually impossible for those in a lower socioeconomic standing. Understanding the limitations of our gamer stats means finding a mega huge spider, reaching for your weapon, and only finding air. Damage taken. The real life effects are unfortunately more hazardous. Entitlements and harming the BIPOC community. First, a lack of recognition for our wealth privilege can impact the rich with entitlements, which ultimately hurts those without wealth. Wealthy parents pay to have college exams, essays, and sports abilities fixed and fabricated. The New York Times reported that in the 2019 college scandals, the Varsity Blues, the true victims, were the hardworking students who were displaced by four less qualified students in their families who bought their way in. The consequence of wealth privilege extends to harming others physically as well. 16-year-old Ethan Couch had a blood alcohol level three times the legal limit and killed four innocent people as they were crossing the streets. Yet, he barely served any time. His lawyers claimed in courts that he had affluenza, the so-called mental disorder where a rich individual can't understand the consequence of their own actions. Couch's words, after killing four people, thanks for ruining my life.
entitlements is so much more dangerous than TVs and movies would have you believe. Because it distorts people thinking. And how they act towards people around them as if those without money don't matter. Secondly, wealth privilege harms the BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color community much more than their white peers. When looking at the SAT turnout from the Brookings reports, out of 100%, Asians and Blacks each only had a 14% attendance compared to the 51% of white test takers. Although we tell BIPOC students that they can take the test, we don't work to establish test sites in low-income neighborhoods. Many BIPOC students can't afford to travel outside of the state or the country just to take a test. To make the inequities more apparent, the United States school funding systems disproportionately shortchange BIPOC students in their education. American progress states, non-white school districts across the country annually receive $23 billion less than their white peers. That might just sound like a number, but that's the textbooks, technology, faculty, and probability that they will have a $23 billion less chance of getting into college than their white counterparts. So how do we fix this broken system? We have to tackle the final monster, the Tiamats. We need solutions, finding strategies to figure out our skill levels and advocating for a change. The first way we can solve this issue is by helping the youth find their strengths and skill sets in order to succeed, rather than relying on wealth. According to author Kim Egan, if you look at the most successful people in the whole world, you'll find that these individuals have something in common. They discovered and did something with their unique skills and abilities. Which brings me back to my personal story. When I was a kindergartner, I visited my rich friend's house with lots of toys. And I told my mom that I felt ashamed. And my mom told me that there are different kinds of rich people. Some are money rich, some are fun rich, some are intelligent rich, and so on. And all people have their different skills in which they can weave their own richness in. Therefore, she said, we are also a rich family. That sharing made me personally feel very comfortable when I interact with people in different financial situations. Lastly, we have to discuss our economic status with children. Research has shown that kids can begin to understand concepts about money as early as age three, said Jim DeGaitno, an author. I want to lay out a simple step plan of how to talk to kids about wealth. To start, just explain that parents work to earn money and that you need money to pay for items. Then as they get older, start helping them think about good money management habits. 
identifying the difference between needs and wants. Lastly, tell them the truth about your family's economic situation. Parents don't have to be afraid of kids being disappointed or let down. I hope all kids can learn to give back to their world and their community. And this starts by exposing children to wealth privilege. As a starter of the Me Too movement, Tarana Burke once said, Having privilege isn't bad, but it's about how you use it in the service of other people. We can't blame those who get privileges and who don't discuss wealth with their kids. But we can hold all of us accountable for not trying to better understand and not trying to give a better understanding to what wealth privilege is. Just like in D&D, you can only level up those stats, weapons, and armor with strategic planning. And that's what I had for Wealth Privilege today. I hope that you enjoyed this new format too. And I think that I'll be switching in between this one and my usual one back and forth. But I am pleased to announce that thank you for listening to my podcast today. Have a great day and I'll see you sometime next week. She's turning that chick around